Because, folks, at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, all this money, every dime of it, is used out here to protect you and your family and make county a good place to live and work. Welcome to The Lead. Now, as you know, this is a podcast of law enforcement stories told to you by law enforcement officers. And who best to interview today than one of the largest and, in my opinion, the greatest law enforcement official in Palm Beach County, Sheriff Rick Bradshaw. Thank you for being here, Sheriff. Well, thanks for having me. Now, as you know, I, we handle the social media and we do a lot of public sentiment analysis and we we always are listening to what the public may be, uh, ha- you know, the questions that they may have. And one of the questions that we brought up recently was on the subject of the budget. And one of the great things that uh, we, we love about you, Sheriff, is how transparent you are. So we ask you to join us today in this very special episode uh, that we're hopefully going into a segment on called uh, You Be the Judge. Uh, and it's on the topic of the budget. So thank you for being here and uh, giving us a little bit of your time so we can go over some of these uh, questions that the, the audience has. Okay, thank you. The first thing I would like to say is the reason that we're calling this You Be the Judge is you don't always get the information on the total picture of whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we decided to hopefully this is the first of many podcasts to come on different issues uh, that are affecting the county at the time. Uh, this just happens to be budget time. Um, and we, we kind of get this the same questions every year, but because there's a, a huge turnover in the media, um, sometimes you know they're not aware of what the questions were a year ago. The second part of it is, you know, and this is not to disparage or uh, say that all the media is bad because they're not. Some of them are very fair and balanced. But it seems like they tend to, instead of talking about the totality of the budget, they take isolated pieces of it uh, and then take that isolated piece and turn it into what they believe is a controversy. So what what we're going to do today is we're going to give you a total picture of the budget, all the facts, so if, in fact, you see an article or um, a show about the budget, you'll be informed enough to know the difference between what is being said and interpreted versus what the facts are. And then you could be the judge. So um, let's talk about the budget. Uh, right now, it stands at 825915960 million dollars. It's kind of misleading because 28% of that budget is not even services that are mandated to provide by state statute. Services like the jail, the courthouse security, the crime lab, the school crossing guards. That's a lot of money. And the state statute says that the county is responsible for this. Doesn't say the sheriff, says the county. 
But many years ago, the county made a deal with the sheriff and says, listen, if you'll run these programs, we'll take the money and put it in your budget for what it costs to run these programs. That's why it's a little disingenuous for who's ever doing these articles to say, oh, well, geez, the sheriff's budget is 50% of what the county's budget is. That's, it. That's incorrect. That's not correct. Actually, the, the total county budget is $7 billion plus. The ad valor part is different. Now, if you get to the ad valor part and you only take what I am mandated to do, it's certainly not 50% of that. Plus, there's another $81 million in services that we provide for the cities that we contract with that is turns out to be a zero because it's $81 million that we put in the budget, but we get $81 million back. But it's still $81 million that puts the number of the budget higher than what one would expect. So actually only 62% of my budget is what I'm required to provide to keep the people of this county safe. The construction of the budget is also mandated by state statute. It says that the sheriff will submit a budget that has three sections, law enforcement, court services, and corrections. But it also says that we will provide within those sections sub-object codes. In other words, break it down um, so somebody can see how much is being spent in each of those categories. So when somebody says, well, geez, why doesn't the sheriff provide a line item budget? In, in, in actuality, we do. If somebody wants more information about a particular sub-object, we can supply it to them. Um, so we have all that information. And in fact, every, when we have our budget submitted, all of it goes on to the county's website. So anybody could look at it. It's not, it's not a secret. Um, anybody can go in there and look at it. But like with most budgets, about 85% of the budget is personnel cost. And again, some media outlets like to, to target it on certain salaries, which they believe are too high compared to other people. And, and I really take exception with comparisons because a lot of the media like to compare us to, to Broward County Sheriff's Office. Well, my statement is, why do I want to be like Broward County Sheriff's Office? Who says that they do things right? In fact, in a lot of areas, they're, they're dysfunctional. We don't want to be like Broward County Sheriff's Office. In fact, quite the opposite, we see that around the country, not just the state, but around the country, other sheriff's offices want to be like us. They come to us and ask us about our programs they do. They come to ask us about how we do things. And our salaries are not out of line. You know, when you're talking department heads, you're talking about people that have more than one responsibility. So if you single out a department head and say, geez, that's a lot of money for the person to make, well, compared to what? Compared to, to, to who does the exact same thing that that person does? In fact, if you look at some of the, the similar positions in our county, our salary ranges are mid-range to a lot of the, the salary positions, which range anywhere from um, 273000 to 364000 
thousand dollars a year. You know, and, and I noticed uh, that at one point in time they singled out the the bureau director of public affairs and says, "Geez, that's a lot of money for the PIO." Well, she she does much more than what a PIO does. She has various functions underneath her. That's just one particular function. So to to compare it and say, "Well, geez." PIOs and other places only make X, Y, and Z, not fair. You know, and th there's that word again, fair. We just want fair and balanced. You know, um, we're, we're open, we're transparent. We believe that we pay people for what their value is. And you got to remember, a lot of these employees are, are 25 plus year employees. It's not like they just started yesterday and it's the only thing they do. So we think that the salaries are commensable with what their responsibilities are. You know, the other thing, too, is, is, is while we're talking salaries, one of the things we did in last year's budget is we um, restructured the salary plan for the entire agency, mostly because of the deputies not being uh, fairly compensated. We did a survey, and it showed that the deputies and civilians were only the sixth highest paid in law enforcement agencies in the county. Here we are, the biggest, the busiest, the chief law enforcement agency, and we're number six. That's unacceptable. It's no wonder people were, were looking to go somewhere else. So what we did is level a playing field, uh, making sure that people have enough money in today's atmosphere uh, to handle the cost of living and, and not have it be a, bar a barrier to those seeking employment and keeping people here that are invested in the agency and we want to keep quality people. The, the other area that it seems like um, the media likes to get into, again, it's only a small slice uh, and, and singling something out. Um, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cost, is vehicle purchases. Because of what we do, because of, of the size of this county, which is the largest county east of the Mississippi of the United States, we have to use mainly SUVs. You'll see them on the street. They're explorers for the deputies on the street. And we, we came to realize very quickly that we couldn't get the equipment and the deputies into a sedan. It just physically was not, was not possible. And we couldn't get a prisoner in the back seat. So we went to the small SUVs, which has worked perfectly. But the, the ancillary benefit to that was we could keep an SUV longer. We can get up to 150,000 miles in probably seven years out of a SUV where you couldn't get anywhere near that in a sedan. The larger SUVs that we provide to supervision on the road is because of the same reason. All the equipment that they take in there, all the stuff that we have to provide to the deputies if we have critical incidences, and some of the supervisors, that's like a mobile command post. If they open up the back of a Tahoe or a Suburban, all the electronics that they need, downlinks for the helicopter, computers, printouts, maps, Everything that they need to control a scene is right there with them. So that, that's why we use the larger vehicles. Now, unfortunately, due to COVID, 
and the supply chain issues, you know, we haven't been able to to get the vehicles that we want off of state contracts or larger contracts. So we basically, we had to start looking to buy off the lot. And not only looking in Florida, we looked all over the southeast of the United States to find some vehicles. In fact, we're still looking for 50 or 60 vehicles, which we can't get. Um, and because it's a, it's a chip from China problem, but it's also a supply chain problem. So we, we had to pay the prices of what the dealers charge on the lot. So they're not giving us any breaks. They're not giving anybody any breaks. But we still got to get the vehicles to be able to function out here. Plus, guess what? Hurricane season is almost here. And when we're out there in that element, the SUVs help us navigate the puddles, the flooding, the branches down. It helps us get to the people that need help. You can't do that in a sedan. Sedans are a thing of the past. Now, we do use sedans for some of the civilian positions, some of the detective positions, because they don't have to carry all that equipment. They don't have the same constraints as the people on the road. So that's where we're at with, with the cost of the vehicles. And again, you know, the larger SUVs, we keep them sometimes 10 years with 175,000 miles on it. Uh, and then even then, they're passed out through the organization. So up front, there might be a cost, but at the end of the day, we're saving money. Also, which doesn't get reported, is the fact that we charge our employees for gas. You know, it's, it's nice for the media to say, oh, look, they get take-home cars, and, it, you know, it's a real bargain for them. Well, no, the bargain is for us, the employer. We collect $1.3 million from employees for gas because they have take-home cars. But the people have take-home cars. They're available to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And because we give them a take-home car and they have a radio, they have a cell phone, I don't have to pay standby time. I don't have to pay overtime unless they get called in. But if I need deputies at a certain location or staff people, I don't have to wait for them to drive from home, park a car in another area, get into another car that was parked in a substation someplace. I'm wasting time, I'm wasting energy, and I'm wasting money. So the advantage of the take-home car program, not to mention the fact that cars last longer because people take care of their own car, is invaluable. But I just wanted people to know that, you know, this is not a freebie. We collect money for gas from the employees. It was $1.3 million. The, the budget itself is, is something that, you know, I've been dealing with it for 18 years. This will be my 19th budget. And again, we're very transparent. We lay all the information out. Each commissioner, along with the county staff, is given a budget book. And in that budget book, it lays down all the, all the areas that we talked about, all the sub-objects. And if there's a question in one particular area, they say we need more detail, then we give it to them. And I personally meet with each commissioner and ask them, do you have any questions? Do you need some more information? What is it that you need to make an intelligent decision at the hearings that you're going to have to be able to pass my budget? If they need more information, we give it to them. If they have a question, if we don't know the answer immediately, we'll research it and get it back to them. 
What I'm not going to do is create a circus atmosphere where we get into three or four hours of sitting in front of the TV at a commission meeting, and all it is is theater. That's not productive because a lot of times they'll say, well, we have a question about this, and i got to keep saying, I'll get back to you because I don't have it in front of me. So I would rather do it in the atmosphere that's constructive, um, that is, is not a circus, and it's worked out very well. And each commissioner will tell you they get all the information they need to make an informed decision. And if they need more than what's in the budget book, we'll get it very quickly for them. And just on another note, let me just tell you something. Our procurement and fleet department has consistently throughout the years been recognized as leaders in the industry, and they earn an international achievement of excellence at procurement, and they're in the top 100 uh, fleet management and procurement in the nation, top 100. So, you know, they do the best they could do to get the vehicles we need at the cheapest price that we can get them. We don't want to have to pay any more than anybody else, but guess what? We're, we're in an environment we haven't seen in a long time. And there's things that are going up that, that we don't have control of that go into the budget. Let me give you an example. The food prices for the inmates. There's a, there's a standard, I think it's from the federal government, that says inmates have to have 2,000 calories a day. Okay. So we have to purchase the food and cook it. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Have you seen what the prices are? Well, guess what? we got to pay the same prices from the food vendors. It's gone up tremendously. And I can't say, well, guess what? I'm not going to feed the prisoners anymore. So this is not a, a cost I have control over. Another uncontrolled cost, medical care for the inmates. That's gone up. It's going to go up about 10%. And guess why? Because the company that pays their employees is feeling the same pinch with inflation that everybody else is. But, I, but I'm back to the same thing. What am I going to do? Say I'm not going to take care of the health of the, of the inmates that are in there? I, I don't have that luxury. All right? I have to feed them, and i got to take care of them. Fortunately, we've, we've done a good job with the help of the state attorney's office, the public defender, and the court system on trying to keep the population of the jail down to as low as we can keep it. But we're just not going to let people go because we can't afford it. Right? We're trying to keep you and your family safe out there, and part of that is keeping the bad guys in jail. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on. You know, you have to negotiate the contracts with the union. Uh, they they want a COLA every year so they can have their membership keep up with what the cost of living out here, which is usually around 3%, and I understand that. But guess what? All the other agencies in, in the county, along with the county itself, they give their employees a COLA. So, you know, we recognize the fact that there's only a certain pot of money, and we don't want to take it all. We want to play as fair as we can with everybody, and we try to keep that percentage as low as we can. The unfortunate part, even if it's a 5% increase, 5% of $826 million is still a lot of money. But in order to operate, in order to give the services that we give out here, the, the reality of it is 
we have to have a certain increase. Now, and I don't want to be in the position of the seven people sitting up there on the commission because they got a tough choice. You know, do we raise taxes a little bit in order to provide people the safety that they deserve? That, that's why they're up there and, and I'm not. All I'm telling them is, this is what it costs me to run the budget. In fact, at, at the end of the budget, there's a page there that I sign and it says, by state statute, I'm required to submit a budget that is reasonable and necessary. And I swear to that when I sign it. And that's when we submit the budget, it is reasonable and necessary. Now, can you pick little parts of it apart and say compared to this agency or compared to that agency? You can't compare us to anybody else. There's a lot of things that we do other agencies haven't even thought about doing, all right? And who says these agencies that they want to compare us to are doing the right things anyhow? I can guarantee you, in most cases, they're not. In more cases than there is, people come to us and say, tell us how you do this, because we're highly respected, not only in the state of Florida, but across the United States. So basically, that's it. There's a, there's a lot of facts there for you to, to get your arms around. I, I know that. Um, I could spend two hours talking about, you know, all the little side things that we do, like mental health. You know, we're the biggest mental health provider in the county that's in the jail. You know, our mental health unit has, you know, the targeted violence part of it has prevented some, some serious things from happening out here. You know, so when people start thinking about, well, we'll cut the sheriff's budget, what are you going to cut? Are you going to cut the mental health unit? Because I'm not required to do that. We do that because it keeps you safe. And the mental health issue is a big issue out here. There's a lot of things tied to mental health out here. You know, not everybody that's mentally ill is dangerous, but guess what? One of the characteristics in all of these mass shootings, including the last one that just happened, is the people are mentally ill. They didn't get the help that they need. So we're trying to prevent a lot of things by using the mental health unit. And that's just part of the things we do. You know, I noticed today that the, the Bureau of Public Affairs, which has a, um, a agency uh, projects unit in it, was out in the glades um, making sure people got enough to eat. We found a resource that will provide them food, and we are out there passing out food for people that are having a hard time making it. That doesn't make the news because it's good news, you know. They, uh, unfortunately, the news media thinks that controversy and um, bad news is what sells. I'm sure it does. I'm sure everybody at some point in time that don't like the, the police or law enforcement would say, okay, let, let's hear the bad things. And guess what? We'll make mistakes. Out of 4,300 employees, somebody's going to make a mistake. Hopefully it's not a big mistake, but when they do, we'll do we'll do what we need to do to correct it. So, you know, you put all that together along with what we've had to do with technology. You know, people's memory is very short. When I got elected in 2005, this agency had no, zero technology. They were in the 1970s. They didn't even have laptops in the cars. So when you see somebody publish an article that says, oh, geez, the sheriff's budget's up like 114%, uh, over what it was when I got here? Probably. Because we had to spend $90 million just to get the laptops. 
And guess what? Laptops don't last forever. You know, personally, you buy a laptop today, and in a year, it's obsolete. There's a better one. So you got to keep replacing it. Technology is expensive. It's expensive to buy, and it's expensive to maintain. But if you're not on the cutting edge of technology, then I'm not providing you the best service that I can out there. Because the deputies need the laptops, just like we just got the body cams we're rolling out. That's a $40 million project at the end of the day. But the community wants it, right? So that's another piece of the puzzle. And then you got to have the staff to maintain the technology, to understand the technology, to handle the public records request that comes along with technology. So it's just not a simple thing that says, okay, let's buy a laptop and stick it out there. Um, there's, there's a lot of things involved in it. So anyhow, I, I know that budget's a boring subject. I think in the, in the weeks to come, we'll talk about some other subjects that, you know, affect the county that probably are a lot more interested in this. So, uh, again, I, I appreciate everybody giving me a chance to, to give you the, the total picture of what this budget is. And still, there's probably some areas that I could, probably could have gone into, but I think probably by now you're a little tired of listening <laughs> about the budget. So the, my budget will be submitted in the first week in May. Uh, I've already got the appointments set up with the commissioners, and then they'll have their hearings, and then it's up to them. If they feel someplace should be cut, then they have to submit that to me in writing, and I have the opportunity to appeal to the governor's office and say, I need that money in order to protect the citizens of Palm Beach County. Because, folks, at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, all this money, every dime of it, is used out here to protect you and your family and make the county a good place to live and work. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you so much, Sheriff. Uh, we really appreciate your transparency and candid on this. Um, thank you for being here, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much.